1: You know, throwing a perfect game, no hitter is a great personal accomplishment, but we're in the playoffs. Uh, The goal is to win the game. I mean, for me, it was all about I'm going to give the team the best possible chance to come out on top after nine innings are done. Whether I throw six, seven, eight innings doesn't matter. I'm I was just focused on executing each pitch. And then, uh, you know, if a perfect game or whatever happens, it happens. But that was not on my mind, uh, whereas, like, the the one during the, the season, it was very much on
0: my mind. Showtime.
2: So much going on. Thanks for tuning in to the Windy City podcast. Russ Dorsey coming up in just a bit. So the White Sox just beat Oakland 4-1. to one. Lucas Giolito was ridiculous. And Tim Anderson was great, three for four. Jose Abreu is the man, and so is Adam Engel. Adam Engel, longtime, longtime White Sox, up, down, got sent down last year, didn't hang his head, got with Frank Manichino, worked on his game. Incredible athlete, Adam Engel. The talent has always been there. I'm not saying to be a 300 hitter, but certainly somebody who can help your team off the bench, start for a period of time, play a great center right and or left field and hit a bomb in his first postseason at bat and back it up with a double in the next one that would have been out of guaranteed right field. Very happy for Adam Angle and very happy for Lucas Giolito. I mean, are you kidding me? You're going a no-no through six and then giving him a base hit to Tommy Lastella. That is absurd. Way to go, Lucas. And a lot of heat on Ricky Renteria. Why would you send him out in the eighth? He was faltering in the seventh. He'd given up one hit. One damn hit. He walks the first batter on four pitches. Ricky comes out. They have a conversation. Ricky leaves him in. He gives him a base hit. Now it's first and third. Then he pulls him. White Sox Twitter going nuts. Maybe I'm spending too much time looking at Twitter. But I didn't have a huge problem with what Ricky did with Lucas today. If he had gone to the bullpen to start the eighth and Evan Marshall or Aaron Bummer or whoever gave it up, People be screaming, why'd you take him out? He hadn't even thrown 100 pitches. He's at 98. Come on. So maybe a little bit slow after the first pitch, uh, four-pitch walk, but he went out there, gave him a chance to right himself, and also remember, I know you're trying to win games right now. That's the most important thing, but I like that learning experience for him. Out there in the eighth, pitching deep into a game, dealing with... The emotions of all of it. All that's going to help Lucas Giolito. Uh, White Sox with a great chance to take this series. And the Cubs start tomorrow. Let's bring in our guy Russ Dorsey. I got the Cubs winning the World Series. Russ, what do you think? Um, <laughs> that's a little uh, aggressive, but I love it in you. Um,
1: I, I, I am somebody that's bullish on the Cubs in this format this year with this group that they have. I just think that they understand the gravity of, of what lies ahead. And I think some of these other teams, guys like teams like the Marlins and the Reds and the, even the Padres, who people are really high on, the White Sox, these teams haven't been there before. And I just think the Cubs have a level head about them, even with a first-year manager. He's been there before. And, and I think the Cubs have a really good shot of making some noise here in, in this playoff.
2: Yeah, I, for the record, I also had them losing to the Marlins and I've got the White Sox winning the World Series and losing to Oakland even though as we're talking right now they're up one game to none. I mean, this is it's all crazy right now. The baseball playoffs always are, and especially in a pandemic year with 16 teams and 3-game series and all of it. I did get optimistic from a Cubs standpoint though, seeing Chris Bryant against the White Sox actually look like Chris Bryant, which is a big deal. I it's probably too much to say he's all the way back, but at least he's some of the way back. I think you're right. I think the, the swings he took against in the White Sox series
1: were probably some of the best swings we've seen from Chris Bryant since last season. You know, Even in, in spring training, he was still working his way, you know, into form. And then once the shutdown happened, and he came back for, for summer camp, it had taken, taken him a while to get going. So, To see him hit the ball well, to swing with authority and and really drive ball in the ballpark, like both of the homers that he hit over the weekend were not cheapies; Those were bombs. So I think if the Cubs can get a little bit of that, and and Chris Bryant certainly has a little edge to him, which I love to see, I think that can mean a really big thing for the Cubs this postseason.
2: So one more on Bryant. He put out that he doesn't give an S about fan criticism and I just tweeted that, look, we all care about what people think about us. He can say that he's trying not to or whatever, but it does. Everybody wants to be loved. Russ Dorsey. I know I do. And even appreciated by the last guy who's got an egg for an avatar on Twitter. For some reason, that guy still just matters a little bit. Not not a lot, but you know what I'm saying? I I, I feel like there's and there's this narrative going around on Chris now that maybe he can't handle the quote-unquote big city and he might be better in a smaller market, and I, which I dispute. But it's also there's something about the way he said that that I'm like, just name it honestly, which he didn't really do. Maybe I'm making too much out of one quote. What was your reaction?
1: I loved it. I think Chris Bryant is one of the, and you know this, one of the nicest dudes in the world. No doubt. And I think he's been one of the best players that we've seen uh, in this city over the last five years, playing through injuries. This guy was a minor league player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, World Series champion. Uh, and the year after that was still one of the top 10 players in the game. Like this dude was has been an absolute stud. And then to get some of the criticism that he's done, You know, he's lived up to every expectation that he's had and probably exceeded them. Uh, And so I think some of the the narrative about Chris Bryant is idiotic, you know, and people really don't understand, you know, the the type of player and person that that dude is. And so for Chris to say that he doesn't give a expletive, I loved it because after a while, you can't please everybody. And I think Chris – did care. I think Chris did care what his perception was. I think he cared about what people thought of him. And after a while, he was just like, honestly, I'm tired of it. Like, I don't, I, there's there's just been so much criticism undeservedly and you can't just come out and say, well, I don't deserve to get criticized because X, Y, and Z. He was just like, you know what? I don't care anymore. And and so I, I really like it. And I think, you know, it was a a moment for people to be like, all right, Chris Bryant. I think people related to Chris Bryant a lot more in that moment because it was the first time we had ever seen him, one, swear, but <laughs> two, to show that, you know, and Chris has always been a, a really good quote and pretty thoughtful once you, you talk to him for a little bit, but it was the first time we got to see, like, real raw Chris Bryant.
2: Okay. Come on, I know, you know, loved I loved it. I, I, I do. Listen, first of all, let, let me just address all of that. Number one, anybody, and I hear this a lot, who is, like, ready to move on from Chris Bryant. I'm like, hold on a second. The guy has been an absolutely phenomenal player. What are you missing? Everything that you just laid out, rookie of the year, MVP, won the World Series, picked up the ground ball, threw it across the diamond. In Cubs history, that ball's thrown into the stands. He didn't throw it to the stands. He threw it to Anthony Rizzo. They won the World Series. And I'm not trying to hold on to 2016 either. But like, let's look at the resume. Last year, what did he have? An OPS over nine hundred? Did he not? So he's having a bad year in a pandemic. Who cares? Would you rather that guy on your team or not on your team? I want Chris Bryant on my baseball team. And yeah. by the way, his price tag is going down. So all that's ridiculous. I just wish he would. And there's also been a lot for Chris Bryant this time. I mean, the guy's six, what six, 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 five, whatever it is. He yeah. It's not like he walks around. And nobody recognizes him. There's been a lot on him, right? You won the World Series. He, he can't go anywhere. He's Chris Bryant. So if I'm him, like, look, I've been the most... I've been great on the field. I've been great off the field. The fact that I'm getting criticized after having a bad year, it bothers the shit out of me. That's what I would like to, you know, that he would say. Does anybody right. – and, and I think that would have been more accurate. But it doesn't it, – at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he's giving accurate comments on what he's feeling. But I'm just – I'm trying to encourage guys, Russ, to name – it's okay to say you have feelings. That's what I'm trying to get at here. If, if people are trying to understand my end game as to why I'm even talking about it. Like, it's all right. Put it out there. It bothers me when – Media people in this town who do this for a living and should know what type of baseball player I am for some reason are taking shots at me. That's absurd. That's what I, I agree. You know, I agree. Okay. All right. I feel slightly better. Uh, <laughs> do you, I, I can't name one Marlon Russ. What do you, what do you, what can you tell me about the Marlins? All right. The Miami Marlins are a
1: young up and coming baseball team that, you know, to be all,
2: in all honesty,
1: really surprised this year. They were the first team to have a, covid outbreak and they survived that and decided you know what screw the narrative of keeping kids down that can play at the big league level we're just going to call everybody up and they had this young stud by the name of sandy alcantara who was an all-star last year and as the young ace and young uh workhorse of that rotation that continued to excel this year then they bring up their young phenom prospect Sixto Sanchez who, who shoved the big league level and really showed what he can do. And then they just have a, a bunch of uh, you know veterans mixed in to kind of take the pressure off the young guys. And they've won ball games and were really competitive in one of the toughest divisions in the game. So they deserve to be here. You know, they might not be the best team. I don't expect them to beat the Cubs. I actually expect them to get swept by the Cubs. But that doesn't mean that the Marlins don't have a bright future. So uh, the one thing I will say is the Cubs should not take this team lightly. And I've written about it two days in a row now, and, and guys have, have talked about the fact that you know, they can't take them lightly because you, you're going to be out that way. And if the Cubs go to a game three, that's where I would be concerned if I w- were them. So the best thing for the Cubs to do is win these first two games and not have to rely on John Lester uh, to start a game three, even though I do think that John's pedigree in this situation comes in handy. I don't want it to – you shouldn't want it to get to that point until John has to start in the next round. So um, if the Cubs can win the first game, they're going to be headed to the bubble, man.
2: John Lester should have walked up to both Jason Kipnis and Jason Hayward and grabbed them and said, that will never happen again as, as long as I'm on the mound. I, they, and then he should have walked over to Javi Baez. You will not go through – Another at bat when I'm on the mound and not know where you're going to go with the baseball in every single scenario. And he would have been within his rights, by the way. That was a rough performance by the defense the last time he was out there.
1: Really bad. Really bad.
2: Kipnis, that was his ball.
1: Um has not played the best defense this season. Um, but yeah, that was that was a rough way for for Lester to end the season. But I do think in in a situation where they need five innings out of John Lester, I think he can go and and put up a pretty good number for them.
2: All right, let me just spray around here because you're not just a Cubs guy. You're a Chicago guy. White Sox, what does Russ Dorsey think of their chances?
1: I have had – honestly, I have them losing the series to the ace, um in three. That's not that I don't think they're a good ball club. I just think that it's just the same, same thing as with the Cubs. If they have to go to a game three, that's where uh, it gets a little dicey for me because you don't necessarily have – a third starter. I like Dane Dunning a lot, but uh, he struggled his last few outings. But if they're going to match the baseball, like we saw in game one, there's there's really nothing that I can say. Like it's the thing that carry them throughout the whole season. You lead the American league and homers. That if, if they the Sox are going to win the world series. They're going to have to do it scoring five runs a game. Which is totally fine. Like if that's who your identity is, and I think they're that's their identity, they're gonna mash the baseball. Mash the baseball, man. It's it's more it's exciting to watch.
2: Who would you start in game three?
1: Dunning over over Cease. I, I just think that's the guy you you don't wanna look back and say Dylan Cease walking six guys cost us the chance to, to go to the ALDS. I think Dane Dunning has the 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 ability to throw strikes, and that's what you need more than anything else. You just need a guy who can go throw strikes, attack the strike zone, and if you get beat, you get beat. But I'd rather, if I'm the manager, I'd rather us get beat with a guy who's going to throw strikes, you know, keep the ball in the ballpark, and 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 work and work hitters, as opposed to a guy who's going to have to rely on velocity uh, to to really succeed. And with that comes, you know. Wildness comes walks and, and not being able to command the strike zone. So that's why I would go in this situation. And that's not to say I don't think Dylan C has the capability of being a really good pitcher, because I think he does. But for right now, in this moment, in this situation, I think Dane Dunning is the guy you gotta go to.
2: Foster for two, Crochet for two, Rodon for one, Hoyer for one. I don't I do an opener. That's what I would do. You like that one or no?
1: Uh I do accept I'm. I've never really been a, been a huge Rodon guy. Not that I. I right, take him he out of Didn't it. have stuff, but I just think the situation of him coming out of the bullpen is not one uh, a recipe for success right now. So I would open if you're going to do that. I would open with. I'd open with Dunning for three, then go to Hoyer or Foster for two, Crochet for two. Bummer, Colombia, ball
2: game. You still started dunning. That doesn't count. You're st- Yep, you- he does. He <laughs> just
1: just make him your opener and, and go Johnny Allstaff
2: after that. Yeah, he's he's not getting to anywhere close to the fifth inning if he starts. I think it probably will be I don't even know who the yeah Ricky's unpredictable at this point. But I guess if I had to bet, I'd say Dunning. Let's wrap up with this. Uh and I'm gonna talk about this coming up here. But uh is everything different with the Bears now that Nick Foles is the starting quarterback? Ah, I want to say yes,
1: Karn, but history tells us there's an injury coming. I hope not. You know, you don't never wish that for a guy, but if, if a guy goes eight years between starting more than 11 games, you can't, you know, it, it becomes a trend after a while. So I think you're going to be able to see a more open offense. Uh, Matt Nagy is going to be able to go to a lot of different things in his playbook that he hasn't been able to do. Um a lot more. Uh, I'm not gonna be pulling my hair out on Sunday, saying just hit an open receiver downfield, wide open. Like I'm, I'm, it was, it gotten it had gotten frustrating seeing, you know, Allen Robinson break free on or on a nine route or, or Anthony Miller or Javon Williams break free and have a 45, 55 yard touchdown. All you gotta do is, is put it in the basket for him, uh, and that ball be underthrown or overthrown. So. Nick Foles, that's his specialty, can get the ball of guys downfield. I'm excited to to see what this does for the Bears offense going forward. I'm really happy for David Montgomery uh, because I think this is going to open things up for him, and unfortunately, Tariq going down sucks. But I think we're really going to get to see what David Montgomery is all about.
2: Watch out for Artavius Pierce. I'm telling you, I watched his highlights at Oregon State. I'm very excited. Your guy? Yeah. That's your guy? I I don't know if I want to go all the way to my guy, but he's like half my guy at least. He looks sweet, nice, exciting. Listen, you can give him five,
1: six touches, but I want David Montgomery getting 20 touches.
2: 20 cars. Okay. Okay. I got no problem with that. Dave Montgomery catches the ball to the backfield at Iowa state. Let's see what he can do. And, he, and that whole offense, by the way, should be thrilled that Nick Foles is at the controls. It's going to, it's, it's to me, it's a different bears team. I don't know if they're going to win the super bowl. Nobody knows that, but you, you get my point. This I think it's, uh, I think it's super exciting. Russ. Let, let's wrap up with this. Cubs socks world series, baby. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. Cubs socks world series. You're going to cover it. You're going to the damn bubble in Texas. That's what's happening. I'm going to say it into reality. Dorsey deserves to cover a Cubs-Sox World Series in his first year.
1: Listen, this year's been crazy. I'm just hoping that the Cubs can win, too, so I can at least cover one round of the bubble. So, you know, if if there's a Sox-Cubs
2: World Series, book me. I'm coming back on the pod. (laughs) You're coming back regardless, but yes. (laughs) I will not. that, That works for me. I can't let you out of here. You're too good. Russ, good to be with you. Thanks for being on. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. All right, two things to wrap up on here. Number one, Nick Foles literally changes everything for the Bears. Changes everything. He's an actual quarterback who can read defenses, knows what he's doing, makes accurate throws, is going to galvanize the team. You saw him going up and down the sidelines. I understand he's not Joe Montana, he's not Dan Marino. He's Nick Foles. I get it. But Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, and the Bears have a really good defense that seems to be getting a little bit better. And Allen Robinson is having a phenomenal year. I'm a little worried about Tariq Cohn, how they replace him, but I am excited about the young man out of Oregon State, Artavius Pierce. If you go and look at his highlights, he looks sweet, so I don't know how much of an opportunity Matt is going to give him, but he, was, he is fast. He is elusive, kind of under the radar, didn't get a whole lot of time at Oregon State, I guess was playing behind somebody who was playing better, whatever. I like him. I'm interested to see what he'll do. I'm not saying he'll be as good as Tariq, but I think there's enough to cover it with Pierce, who's now elevated from the practice squad. David Montgomery caught a bunch of balls out of the backfield at Iowa State, and Cordell Patterson. I mean, come on, the guy looks ridiculous. The Bears have completely become a whole different story, and sitting here at three and zero. All right, wrapping it up. Scotty Pippen, he's getting crushed for being sour. Scotty Pippen, because in an interview with with Forbes, he told Chris Kasen, who has been covering the Bulls for a long time. Quote, if you're looking at it from a fan perspective, I'm not impressed with what the Bulls did. I don't think they've made any dramatic changes that are going to change who they are as a team. That's just my personal opinion. I like Billy Donovan as a person, but I don't think he's proved anything in the NBA that proves he's worth investing in and bringing a team up that needs help like Chicago does. They're a team that's been struggling for a long time, To me, I don't see the value he brings to them. He's going to be a coach, but there are a lot of them out there. He didn't do anything special in OKC that warranted him a second opportunity. That's just my opinion. So two things here. Scotty's coming off as bitter, which he probably doesn't care about. Um, He could have said something as simple as, look, they had Jim Boylan as their head coach. Anyone who comes in is going to be better. But the whole Billy Donovan's done nothing thing, hold on a second, Pip. He was just named the National Basketball Coaches Association Coach of the Year in 2020. Um, there's, that's one thing he's done. And granted, okay, fine, awards are awards. They don't mean a whole lot. But nobody had the Thunder in the playoffs this year. I mean, Chris Paul was supposed to be going to a team that was going to win 30 games. They made the playoffs. They were in a seven-game series. So you got to give him some credit for that. Now, he also blew a 3-1 lead with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and ended up losing to Golden State and all that. And KD ends up leaving. So that wasn't great. But, again, he's replacing Jim Boylan. So it's going to look better. I do think it's really interesting, though. Doc Rivers getting fired a week later. Maybe Doc got too much credit for being a great coach in Boston and L.A., but he would have been phenomenal as the face of the Bulls. Billy Donovan may be great, but if you told me I could have Donovan or Doc, I would have taken Doc because the Bulls are a long way away from blowing three games to one series, which is becoming a Doc Rivers forte. And Billy Donovan did the same thing. And Doc's a Chicago. And Doc's just incredibly cool. Uh, but back to Pip. Eh, Scotty, leave well enough alone. We'll see how he does. Bottom line, they need some more talent. They can have Red Auerbeck, Phil Jackson coaching that team. They're at best a 500 club. That's what I would have said. And he's replacing Jim Boylan. They're going to be better. There is some talent on that roster. Thank you for checking out Wendy. Thanks to Russ Dorsey for being on. We will talk to you next time. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports.